We were doing a VR meeting the other day with someone outside of the company, and they had been under quarantine for a number of weeks. And when we were in VR with them, they were like, wow, I, I haven't had human contact in weeks. And I thought that was so interesting because when you're in VR with someone, it really is like you're there with them. You feel that sense of presence that you don't get through a video conference. Welcome back to Digital Health Today, the place to be to get the insights of leaders making the healthcare of tomorrow available today. I'm your host, Dan Kendall. Much of the world is still in lockdown and companies are operating remotely as anyone who can work from home is doing so. Organizations are adapting to the new ways of engaging with their employees, their clients, and their suppliers. And the past few weeks have seen a surge in the use of collaboration tools like Zoom, Google Hangouts, and Skype. But when growing a business and engaging stakeholders, purchasing the right technology is just one part of the solution. Questions abound, such as, how do you build a company culture when there are no coffee rooms, common areas, or ping pong tables? Are teleconferencing solutions like Zoom really the best option for people to experience human connection and interaction? And if the predictions are correct, and this pandemic really will introduce an entirely new way for businesses to operate over the long term, How do you recruit and grow teams and create ways of building personal relationships that go beyond a voice and a video screen? To give some insights on how to do these things, I turned to Dr. Justin Barad, the co-founder and CEO of AlsoVR. I've known Justin for four or five years, and I interviewed him back in late 2017 in episode 45. If you're not already familiar with AlsoVR, or if you simply want to get to know a little bit more about Justin and the company's history, I invite you to go back and listen to that first episode with Justin. You can find a link to that in the show notes or go directly to digitalhealthtoday.com slash 45. I invited Justin to give us an update on the success of his company, and importantly, to share some of the lessons they've learned and the solutions they have in place at AlsoVR as they've developed a company culture and a sense of teamwork in an organization in which people rarely share the same physical space. I know you're all busy, so Justin and I prepared a PDF of some of the tips we discussed on this program, as well as a few links to some resources you may find helpful. You can grab those in the show notes or by visiting digitalhealthtoday.com slash AlsoVR. That's O-S-S-O-V-R as in virtual reality. One of the things you'll find in there is a video of one of the VR meetings Justin held with his team. You definitely should check that out to see how they're putting team collaboration into practice with VR. You'll also find links to hardware and software that Justin mentioned and that you can pick up to try in one of your own team meetings. I'd love to hear how it goes. Be sure to check out all the links in the show notes and grab that PDF for all the information listed there. Oh, and Justin's pizza recipe. Justin loves making pizza, and he agreed to send us one of his favorite recipes. Be sure to check that out as well. I think that'll be the first uh, recipe recommendation from any of our guests here in the four years of our podcast. As always, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Of course, you can also find us on our second home on Health Podcast Network on healthpodcastnetwork.com. And with that, Let's tune into the conversation with Dr. Justin Barad, CEO and co-founder of AlsoVR. Justin, thanks for joining me and welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Justin, I don't want to spend a lot of time today going through the company's history, but I obviously do want to encourage everyone to go back and listen to the first episode we did together back in episode 45. Listeners can find that at digitalhealthtoday.com slash 45. I'm sure we'll include a link to that in the show notes as well. But for those who may not already be familiar with also VR, can you give us a brief update on what it is you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So 
OsoVR is a surgical training and assessment platform that leverages virtual reality. It lets you practice any surgical procedure and also get rated on your performance in a hands-on and realistic way. It's hard to believe, but it's been almost three years since you were last on the podcast, and I know you've had a lot of success since then, which has been really great to see since I know there were originally some skeptics about the use of VR technology in surgical training. I think there are a lot of believers on board now. So tell us, how is the business going? Yeah, I think it's incredible how quickly things moved after our last conversation. We've seen really rapid expansion and uptick, both from the medical device industry and also surgeons through residency training programs, and a real global expansion as well. It's used in over 17 countries. We've trained over 1,000 surgeons a month. We simulate over 30 different surgical procedures spanning 60-plus different training modules. We've grown the team to uh, 25 individuals. We work with 11 medical device companies now. I think when we were talking, it was maybe two or three and 20 plus residency programs who are instituting OSO now as a mandatory part of their training programs, especially given the current environment where elective surgeries are being canceled and residents are unable to practice. They're turning to VR as a great solution where they can get the reps in and they can get exposed to the procedures that they need to. So it's been a crazy rocket ship to be sure, but we definitely are still just getting started. In addition to that sort of work commercially, there's also been some research that you've done to really show the efficacy of this. So can you give us any insight about where people can find those studies? Yeah. So in February of this year, 2020, the journal Surgical Education published our first peer-reviewed study that showed that individuals who trained in OSOVR to proficiency, so you can actually check with the system to see if someone's ready to do the procedure compared with people trained traditionally, and this is through lectures, text materials, illustrations, performed 230% better as measured by something called OSATS, which is the Objective Structured Assessment of Technical Skill. And they improved in every category, but the overall score was 230% higher. And they were doing something called a tibial nail fixation, so basically putting a titanium rod in a tibia. And actually, we just submitted another study This was performed at University of Illinois Chicago that showed a 300% improvement. So we're hoping that gets published soon as well. So the data very consistently seems to be showing outsized gains from VR when compared with traditional techniques, which once again, the current environment is really a godsend because there's a lot of concern that residents may be held back a year or something like that. And potentially with this technology, we can circumvent that concern. And I think there was a lot of skepticism early on. You know, people look at what is really at its core video game technology. You're holding these controllers in your hand and people thought there's no way that this could simulate the complexity of modern surgical procedures. And my response was, don't take my word for it. You know, I really believe in this, but let's just put it to the test. Let's do a randomized blinded study and just see what happens. And then we got the results that you see there that were published. So I think the data speaks for itself. And we're just going to see the technology and the hardware that it's running on continue to improve. So rewarding and such great success that you've had over the years. And it's really been a pleasure to see that happen and that star really rise. I've learned a lot about you in the few years that I've known you. I put together a little list where we want to talk about some of the things that you've learned during this process. You've already talked to us about what the industry and science has learned through the development of your business. But here's a few things that I've learned about you, Justin. You ready? Uh, (laughs) I think so. Go for it. All right, here we go. You met Matt, your co-founder, on the internet. 
you paid him with your bar mitzvah savings. When you were doing your ortho interviews, your operating skills were assessed by playing the game Operation, and you have a strong passion for making pizza. How did I do? These are all true facts, 100%. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I, I almost wanted to play this game like like five truths and a lie, but the, but those are all really interesting things, I think, uh, that sort of summarize some of the things I've learned about your journey in building your company and following this pursuit. But in addition to all the things that I've learned about you and that the industry has learned about your technology, there are some things that you've learned about building a business. So I want to review those with you. Now, we put together a PDF that we'll have available in the show notes that people can download some of these key points about your lessons and your experience in trying to build a culture remotely. But I'm interested in understanding what some of those things are. So can you share with us some of the learnings that you've developed as you've built your business with a remote team? Yeah, I'm happy to share that. It's really interesting being in this environment now where everyone is suddenly being forced to be remote and kind of seeing how well it works and also some of the challenges involved in that it's not just a straightforward and skeuomorphic way of just doing the exact same things you would do in an office, out of an office. It's not quite similar. So starting at the beginning, you know, when I did meet Matt on the Oculus forums, we lived in different places and... We weren't really at a spot in the company where we could kind of move out together and start the office and things were still very sort of touch and go in the early days. So we just started remote. And as we started to bring on employees, VR was still very kind of a niche field. So there weren't a lot of people in terms of engineers or designers that were interested in VR back when we were getting started. So to find people, you know, they were often in different places. And so in my mind, I was thinking, well, you know, we can hire a couple of people for now remote and one day we'll all get together. Matt was definitely the philosophy. He had this vision for a fully remote company. He had seen many studies where people are more productive, happier working remote, not having to deal with commutes and things like that. So as we started hiring more people and growing, we just kept staying remote and it became more and more a part of our culture. And I realized all the advantages that it brings, but also some of the challenges. And so as we started getting bigger, one of the things that we realized is that one of the reasons why remote companies often fail is that they are not all in. So if you are partially remote, it suddenly becomes much more difficult than being fully remote or not remote at all. And that's because you have one is you have two cultures you have the in-office culture, so the people who get to see each other, do things together, and then you have the remote culture. And the remote individuals are often left in the dark as to what's going on when people are interacting with each other in the office because they're not there and there's no real pathway to access that information or that social connection. And so they often get relegated to second-class citizens, no matter really what you try to put in place. Many people now are learning about Slack, learning about Zoom. They're working from home. I know that a lot of headsets that I recommend people buy when we're doing these interviews have been out of stock for weeks, both from a supply chain issue over in China, but also from the fact that there's just been an increased demand of people having headsets as they learn to work remotely and get on these conferencing apps. But I think there's even something more that you do beyond the typical sort of Slack and Zoom and Microsoft Teams or whatever else people might be using, you actually provide an Oculus VR headset for every one of your employees. How do you guys use that? And what sort of interactions are people having through VR as teammates? No, 100%. I mean, a very important point of what makes Oso unique is that every single employee has a virtual reality headset. 
And this allows us to do things that go beyond your typical teleconferencing or Slack or whatever other collaboration tools you use. And so we can actually be together physically. And so we do that for brainstorming sessions, for meetings. We do it for team building. So there are a lot of VR activities that we all like to do together, like VR paintball, VR laser tag, and also virtual reality board games as well, something that we've been doing as a team building activity. And so it's interesting because we were doing a VR meeting the other day with someone outside of the company, and they had been under quarantine for a number of weeks. And when we were in VR with them, the first thing they said, they were like, wow, I, I haven't had human contact in weeks. And I thought that was so interesting because we were in VR together, but it just it just came out of their mouth. And that that to me just really reinforces the fact that it's when you're in VR with someone, it really is like you're there with them. You feel that sense of presence that you don't get through a video conference. And it's a much more natural and intuitive way to interact. So we're really just starting to scratch the surface of how to really leverage VR in an enterprise organization to continue to push the limits of what's possible in, in order to keep us connected, keep us productive, keep us creative. But this is something that I think is unique to us right now. I think there's one other company that also is VR enabled, uh, VR Chat, but I think in the future is go going to be more and more of a thing. And I really see this as a need to have tool as 100% after all of this blows over that many more companies are going to be either a significant portion of them will be remote and then some may be fully remote after they see all of the advantages that this uh, confers. And having VR is really what that last piece of the puzzle that makes you function at a level that you probably didn't think possible as an organization. I can imagine a lot of people who are listening are probably thinking this is really next level stuff. And they're probably wondering, how do we do that? So can you give us any insights about how do people actually use VR in that sort of use case? Yeah, I mean, it's not hard. You know, if you just want to try it out real quick, you can, and they should be coming back in stock soon, just get an Oculus Quest, you know, off of Amazon or at Best Buy for you and a few team members. And then you can immediately start experimenting with some applications you know, some of the consumer applications we find to be really good, more oriented towards some of the team building activities, but also useful for collaborations. Probably our company's favorite app right now is Rec Room, where you can create your own custom space. So we've created basically like a VR headquarters that has different departments. So we have a design studio with whiteboards and post-it notes. And then we have a prototyping sort of art department where we have tools where we can model things collaboratively so we could create three-dimensional prototypes of some of the procedures that we're doing. And then we just have a game room where you can play cards and things like that. And so that's uh, something you download for free. And so it's really easy to test out. And then you can also get together in Rec Room and play paintball, laser tag. It's really fun. I've got the Oculus Quest website up in front of me now. So I will be looking to find out when those things are back in stock. Yeah, you can also, you know, you can reach out to Oculus has an enterprise division called Oculus for Business, and they have access to applications that are more enterprise and professional in nature. And so things like um, spatial, which allows you to collaborate from a productivity standpoint across different platforms. So you can use augmented reality, you can use your computer, you could use VR. So really designed to kind of experiment with 3D spaces and the placement of models and CAD files. And then also Meet in VR is a, is a popular application that allows people to jump into virtual reality together and show PowerPoint presentations, videos, and share media 
So, you know, if you want to have a meeting where you want to be able to share some of these materials, that's something that we've uh, used in the past and some of our customers use as well. And then, of course, if you want to train people on how to do surgical procedures or prototype new medical devices, there's something called Oso VR that is really cutting edge. I'm a huge fan of. I've heard about that. I've heard about that, that company. Uh, but certainly, even though your team is distributed and you get together in these VR meetings and collaborative sessions and play games together remotely, there must be some times when you guys get together at conferences and scientific meetings and things like that. So when you guys come together, is there a great sense of collegiality already? Has all that been really built virtually and then just comes together seamlessly in person? Yeah, I'd say I'd say it works incredibly well. If anything, it creates a sense of excitement and a feeling like you're looking forward to, quote, meeting someone in real life. And so whenever we meet together, there's a real energy of catching up if, you know, your old friends or if you're meeting physically for the first time, just sort of like curiosity and excitement about like, you know, what these people are actually like or what it's like to be there. So it just it's hard to describe, but it's a real sense of just kind of elation and excitement. And it creates a lot of solid bonds and memories and productivity. So we have a company retreat every year or so. Unfortunately, this year's was delayed. But, you know, when we're all there physically, it's I just can't describe it. It's, it's a magical experience and everybody leaves best friends. And I think the fact that we are rarely together physically makes you really treasure that time and savor it and use it wisely instead of taking it. If you're together every single day, you know, you're like, oh, well, we could hang out tomorrow or I could meet that person the next day. But if you only have like a small amount of time really to spend with people, you really want to make the most of it. I think one of the reasons why our team is just so incredibly tight with each other is because we do get together physically, which is still important, but it only happens every so often. And I guess in some ways, when you connect with your colleagues remotely, routinely, or at any at any stage, you actually get to learn a little bit more about them, right? I mean, their partner, their kids come into the frame to get something out of the room where they're in. You get to see a little bit about their living environment and their ward on the wall that you wouldn't have otherwise seen. So in some ways, working remotely can create some additional intimacy and relationships with people that you may not get when you just leave all that personal experience behind and drive to a place of work. It's so interesting that you say that. I I never really thought about that, but I think it's 100% true. But it's something that I've noticed now, that now that everybody is working from home, it's like the curtain's been peeled back. And that sort of layer of, you know, we all want to be professional, but sometimes there's people put walls up when they're doing business. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes it's better to have a real connection. And when you're seeing people at home, and their family's there and you see kind of, you know, what they have up in their house or what books they have, suddenly you're much more connected as like, you're like, we're both human beings and we're both trying to do something positive in the world. And I find that everybody's being much more open to being vulnerable together. Part of that might be remote work is that you just can't hide the fact that when you're home, that there's certain elements of your personal life that are going to be involved in your work. And I think that ultimately that's a very good thing. I am curious, though, have you found that this remote working and building this culture remotely has had any impact in terms of employee engagement or attrition or any other things because you've had this virtual working environment? Yes, uh, definitely. I think because we can hire people anywhere, we can always get the best people because we're not limited by physical location. And oftentimes, 
people, especially before all of this happened, that are interested in remote work are trying to juggle all of the responsibilities in their life. Jobs, families, maybe sick family members, maybe both spouses are working and you know they have kids. They're taking care of their parents or elderly family members and they need to be at home. And this allows people to do that. And so they can be productive, they can work, but they can also handle or be less stressed out about just normal life that we all have to deal with. And what that does is, you know, with a lot of our employees have come up to me and just said how grateful they were for Oso VR to allow them to, you know, be able to see their children grow up or to be able to take care of a sick family member or to allow both spouses to work under extenuating circumstances. So it creates a lot of loyalty and dedication and gratefulness. I mean, I'm just so moved that we were able to provide this opportunity and not just us, but I think hopefully between companies like us who can help show people how to implement these work sort of organizational structures well, um, and also what we're going through right now is that more people will have the opportunity to work remotely in a way that is a positive experience and also get the same benefit where they can really achieve work-life balance in a way that uh, a few years ago wasn't really possible. From an investor perspective, have there been any advantages or has there been any skepticism about having a remote team? Because I could imagine from a P&L perspective, not having the cost of an office environment and all that comes with it would be a real advantage from a cost basis, but have investors responded positively or negatively to that? Yeah, I definitely think the capital efficiency of remote work has been received positively. I think early on in the life of the company, there were I would say only a couple of people who raised an eyebrow about being fully remote. And definitely over the past couple of years, we've seen very rapidly that either majority remote or fully remote work environments were rapidly becoming quite normal. And some of it had to do just with the cost of office space, the cost of talent, uh, finding good talent. So there were a lot of dynamics that were pushing people towards remote work where it started to become very acceptable. But I think after you know all of this is going down, it's just going to be I think the standard for a lot of companies, especially in the early stage. Now, I just have a couple more questions for you, Justin. I know you have to get on with your day. One question is, is there anything that you'd like listeners to know before I let you go? And the second question is, will you give us one of your favorite pizza recipes that we can include on the website? <laughs> I, I would say that, I'm just like, I got pizza <laughs> on the brain now. I would say that remote work is you know, we're all dealing with it right now. And I think it's it's super exciting. And there's so many ways to take further advantage of it. And I think a lot of it is unintuitive. A lot of the learnings and the trial and error that we've done, we found a lot of ways to get around a lot of issues like meeting bloat and the lack of kind of free time and, you know, your day just running over. And so if anyone is interested in kind of learning some of the tips and tricks that we've learned throughout the years, please get in touch with me. I'd be happy to share them. Uh, it's uh, justin at osovr.com. Now, regarding the pizza, I would be happy to contribute a, a recipe to the website. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of trial and error, not only with remote work, but with pizza making. But, you know, I could uh, provide a sort of a beginner recipe to get people started. But also email me if you're interested in uh 
you know, passing some pizza tips back and forth. <laughs> there you go. All right, Justin. Well, listen, thanks so much for coming on and letting us know about your progress and success at Oso VR. We really have been glad to observe that over the years and wish you continued success, uh, especially in this new environment. You're solving a big problem that existed before this COVID-19 crisis. And I think that the importance of this is really fueling another generation of surgeons and giving it more recognition. So thanks for making this available. Thanks for using all your skills to build this business starting years ago and uh, look forward to your continued success. Thanks, Dan. It's a privilege to be on the show. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Digital Health Today. Be sure to grab the PDF from the show notes of this episode or on our website at digitalhealthtoday.com slash OSSOVR, O-S-S-O-V-R. We've got a pizza recipe, links to the VR software and products and journal article that Justin mentioned, and a great video of one of the VR team meetings Justin had recently. You can find our shows as well as hundreds of other great episodes and podcasters on healthpodcastnetwork.com. But no matter where you find us, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and our newsletter to be kept up to date on the latest episodes, news, and events. This has been another episode of Digital Health Today, a production of mission-based media. Music and audio engineering for this episode was by Ivan Yurich. I'm Dan Kendall, and I've been your host. Thanks so much for tuning in, and until next time, keep on innovating.